We start with the latest on the deepening crisis in Sudan, a crisis that now threatens to engulf the entire region, according to the head of the United Nations. Fighting over the past week between rival military groups has escalated sharply, prompting a rush to help people caught in the crossfire. Tonight, there are reports of another ceasefire, but it's far from clear whether that'll be observed. The UK government is being accused, again, of being slow to help more than 2,000 British citizens trapped in Sudan with supplies of food and water running low. And it's being reported tonight that a small British military team is in the country looking at various options to try to bring people out. Now, some of those who are able to flee, well, some are fleeing by air from an airstrip near the capital Khartoum, and others have been leaving by road, heading north to Egypt or east to the Red Sea coast, as well as citizens of foreign states. There are thousands of Sudanese also trying to flee by crossing into neighbouring Ethiopia and Chad and down to South Sudan. More than 400 people have died since this latest outbreak of fighting, which started more than a week ago. And it is estimated that more than 20,000 people have left the country so far. So we'll have the latest on the evacuation efforts, on the response of EU countries and on the UK's efforts. And we start with our Africa correspondent, Andrew Harding, who is monitoring developments from Johannesburg. Khartoum today, still burning as civilians, locals and foreigners hunt for ways to escape from Sudan's hellish capital. At a bus station, this man said, we're afraid that civilians may be used as human shields, especially after foreigners have been evacuated. Still going on. This is the last 20 minutes. Many people still can't get out of the city, like the man who filmed these images. He's from Dunfermline in Fife and was visiting relatives in Sudan's capital when the fighting began, trapping his family. Very scary. They were, they were running along my street yesterday, last night. They were running along here and they were shooting, chasing people along the street. So it's just we're locking all the doors and we go right in the middle of their house. Asked if he feels abandoned, he becomes emotional. I think they've, they've done what they, they, they could done and we just have to do it ourselves. In the past 24 hours, others have managed to flee, some risking everything to drive through the front lines to an airfield outside Khartoum. Egypt, Jordan and Germany, among others, have been ferrying thousands of people to safety. This teacher among those now recovering in Djibouti. I mean, I'm happy that I'm safe. It's, it's just, a, for me, in a way, it's just a little bit sad. Some of my friends that I work with, they can't leave. Others are still making long overland journeys to Sudan's borders. Among them, British nationals. Emily Keel was teaching in Khartoum, her mother growing increasingly frustrated. My perception is it's just been really slow. Uh, other nations have gone in and um, evacuated their their citizens, but our government just seems to be, they keep telling us they're planning, they're planning, there's been COBRA meetings and there's been lots of talking going on, but we actually just need them to get in there and do it. 
So now what? As Khartoum empties out, the fear is that a power struggle between two rival military factions will turn even more violent. The violence must stop. It risks a catastrophic conflagration within Sudan that could engulf the whole region and beyond. For now, Sudan's war goes on, and with it, an exodus of civilians escaping from a country that had hoped it was on the path to democracy, not chaos. Andrew Harding, BBC News, Johannesburg. Well, the European Union says that more than 1,100 EU citizens have now been brought out of Sudan, with estimates of hundreds more EU citizens still in that country. But those figures are changing constantly as EU countries struggle really to assess the numbers involved. Our Europe correspondent Nick Beek has more details. While the British government negotiates accusations it's failed its citizens, the French military have been rescuing some UK civilians, as well as other Europeans, including the Molinar family from the Netherlands. They painted a French flag on the back of their car, then ran the gauntlet through the streets of the Sudanese capital. Tonight, we made contact and heard their story. I got a WhatsApp message from a colleague or friend of the French embassy with a, a Google Maps link uh, with an address uh, saying go there. Um, I called him. Uh, ask him what it was, he says, this is your best option out. Uh, I advise that you uh, take it. Safe now with his family in neighbouring Djibouti, Arthur says the French deserve great credit for their military operation to rescue civilians. I can understand why you know, others would not either you know, take that risk or maybe not have the, uh, the, you know, the capability uh, to do so, but uh, the French had, and they did, and uh, look, they saved the lives of, uh, of a lot of people. France has helped at least 490 people from more than 20 different countries to leave Sudan. Germany says it's now rescued more than 400 people, and Italy has flown out 200. All three countries say British nationals were among those they evacuated. There's been praise here in Brussels for coordinated efforts which have seen more than 1,100 EU citizens brought to safety. But tonight a European diplomat has told us that around 600 EU citizens remain in Sudan, alongside those estimated 4,000 British nationals still there. In the past few hours in Rome, the relief of the first Italian evacuees who've made it back. But other countries now face an increasingly complex mission to bring their own citizens home. Nick Beek, BBC News, Brussels.